What's going on, everyone? This is the Dapper Villains Podcast. As always, I'm Dana Blue and joined by my co-host, Jay Such Dave. Jay, what's going on, brother? Very good, brother, man. This is our eighth episode. Second, second well, weekend. it's the second weekend episode, and yep. uh, I'm very excited to hear the story behind your music playlist. My playlist, yeah. Um, Before we get into it, guys, do not forget to subscribe. Dapper Villains on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, uh, TuneIn, uh, Speaker, anywhere you get podcasts, we're there. Check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Once lockdown is done, I think we're going to be making some fun content on the YouTube channel to supplement the podcast. Uh, a lot of we'd probably stuff. be hitting the road man we'd probably be hitting the oh, road hell yeah we, we got a few things planned we've been talking new dapper we share with products the in the works should we, should we share well we should celebrate that uh product launch though i mean yeah. we were that's a pretty big fucking deal for like a new podcast a new brand that we created too and you made it happen be, so you, you tell the story brother yeah so the rake wanted to do um mass and a few other um, guys also approached us about masks. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dana had this um, very cool design that he, he and Jib made. And uh, so we pitched this to the rake. And normally the rake would work with um, uh, high-end sartorial uh, brands that have been around for a long time. Uh, you know, some brands are many generations old. And, uh, you know, our badass podcast that was designed to be the bad guy yeah. uh, got picked and uh, you know, they like the logo, they like the brand story, mm. they like the idea of, you know, uh, it's an engineer and a research scientist, Dana and Jib, and uh, I'm the male gigolo uh, in between. <laughs> so <laughs> Jay's like, Dana, you're gonna go to work after this podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, I do actually have to go to work after this podcast. I have to, uh, no. <laughs> it's an old lady. She's lonely and I need to be there. I get a lot of money for it. No, she has dinner no. so, ready for you. Wink, wink. I mean, but it, it was a pretty big deal, you know, like yeah. uh, when they Huge they deal. repost, they reposted on us, we got a ton of new followers and like people will be like, oh, bro, I didn't know you were doing a podcast. I dig it. It's, yeah. it's cool. It's unique. So, so that's. That's a big plus, you know, that's a big morale boost for all mm. of us too. For sure. I mean, and it, it was a huge deal. Like, like Jay said, the, the rake doesn't just work with anyone. And yeah. the fact that they were like, we like what you're doing. And then Jay stepped up and was like, well, you know, you like these masks, but what I think would really work for you guys are these tutorial, more tutorial prints. And we'll do this exclusively for you. So yeah. now there's, they are the same dapper villains mass and the same construction, same quality, but there's 11 fabrics that you can only get at the rate. Yeah. We're, we're sourcing some of like very, very unique, rare, um, can fabrics from Italy. And, um, we're going to make them available exclusively and have a more limited edition series so that, you know, we could have some fun. Oh, of course, the basic designs are always going to be there, like the pink, mm. the, the chambres, the indigo. Indigo is, is the new favorite. Actually, that's yeah. being sold a lot. And uh, black Egyptian cotton. That's you know, also know what's interesting about that is it's not actually indigo, 
right? We call it indigo. Yeah, yeah, indigo color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but it's not. Thing, like, it's there's not. a lot of people out there making denim masks, like indigo dyed cotton masks, which we yeah. discussed it. We consulted with a respiratory specialist, and he told us that that is a bad idea because indigo chips off. It doesn't soak into the fabric. It sits on the surface, which is why denim gets those amazing fades, right? It's that process, but if you're putting it as a mask on your face, it's risky for some people who might have, uh, who might be at risk from a respiratory perspective. But Jay was able to find us a fabric that looks like indigo. It looks yeah. like denim, but it's not, it's still a, a cotton. It's still a yeah, pop. It's, sh- and it's yeah, beautiful. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's an 80 by two um, Oxford chambray shirting, mm. shirting fabric, but yeah. uh, we just, really wanted to do that color that kind of looks like jean but it's a mm. and uh, that that was the best the best hit yeah, so we far. want to do so, it responsibly yeah we want to now we want to see what would work and stuff but let's let's get to the playlist because yeah. uh we're now we're hard selling at first we were like you got to subscribe to a b c d and e <laughs> and now you got to buy our mask and we're the best dapper villain website coming soon uh, oh, now they have to do that too? Like, coming it's like soon, a coming soon. Man. So last week we went over Jay's kind of dapper podcast and we thought, uh, his dapper playlist, and we thought this week we'll go through my more villainous playlist. Uh, not quite as bipolar, but definitely a bit more offbeat than than Jay's. Dude, uh, your your playlist shows that you're an audio guy. Like you get irritated with shitty audio. Yeah. Which, uh, like, when I call you every time, you're like, oh, hold on a second. Let me get my headphones. I'm like, Dana, I just want two seconds. I'm like, you know, this, 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 and get it done. Like, oh, no, no, I cannot hear you. I, I, I don't like this. It's, I, it irritates me. Let me go get my fucking headphones. I'm like, okay, Dana, done. Two-minute conversation. But he, he got to get a headphone. Uh, so your audio, I was listening to, like, a proper – I was first listening to my car. And then I was listening to it with a proper headphone mm. set up and all of that. And I could hear so much more, mm. you know, like when they talk about this, like you could hear what, you know, uh, with, with good hi-fi, you would hear things that were intended to be heard. Yeah. And your uh, playlist had a lot of those things. Like it clearly comes from a guy who fucks with audio shit a lot. Like, pardon my French. Uh, <laughs> your tie. Yes. <laughs> Jay, you want to pull it up for me? You're going you're to run the screen for me, right? Yes, let me make sure there's no porn or anything like that. I think I told the story last week about the CEO with uh, X-Hamster, right? Yes. Okay, so, so this is what the podcast, uh, the, the playlist is called, Dana's Japper Villains Playlist. playlist. Link will be in and, the show uh, notes. Yeah. And uh, we're going to start with the first song. Yeah, the thrill is. We cannot on. play you the song, unfortunately, because that's how it works. Yeah. Uh, we don't want to get sued, and uh, Dana Copyright does not struck. have a good Jewish. Do you have a good Jewish lawyer? <laughs> Are you the Jewish lawyer? You do look like a rabbi. Are you I a good lawyer, a Dana? I, you know, I've randomly had multiple people ask me if I was Jewish, like randomly in the airport and stuff. If over the I, years. yeah, if you were a porn star, you I would give you that nickname, the Hebrew rabbi Hammer. <laughs> Rabbi Schmuck. That'd be a good. What does schmuck mean? I don't even know what schmuck means. Oh, it's like an Is asshole. it beautiful? 
Oh, I see. Then one time I'm I kidding. Was, I know that. I just wanted you to say it. I was in MBK and I was walking by one of the thousands of suit shops in MBK. And uh-huh. uh, this guy sees me, this Indian guy who works at the suit shop. He's like, oh, shalom, my friend, shalom. And I kind of <laughs> shoot him a look like, what the fuck? And he sees me like, like what, what are you talking about? Then he goes, oh, assalamu alaikum, brother. it's so funny because it's so true like i mean i would get like that too like when i'm in vietnam and i'm fourth generation indian but i'm thai right something to do with india but not everything to do with india so when i would walk on the streets that's that's how you get the conversation. You you be like, where are you from? Mm. And then that's the conversation kicker. You know, like that's when it starts. And then mm. they can hustle you this product that they're yeah. trying to sell. So when I walk around in Vietnam, Hoi An, you know, it's always, um, where are you from? And I'm like, I'm from Thailand. Oh, but you know, look like you're from Thailand. <laughs> oh, and I'm like, why the fuck would I lie about where I'm from to you, motherfucking nobody, who's yeah just asking me and I, I don't have the time to give a fuck about lying so i'm telling you the truth so i can walk then you're like what do you you want marijuana you want marijuana and then i'm like no i'm already high that's you so, vietnam. <laughs> so vietnam <laughs> you want cocaine you want you want boom boom massage <laughs> like, all of I just it came all out of from it. a boom boom massage <laughs> <laughs> I cannot do two times. <laughs> no, I can't. I'm kidding. I can do more than once. But uh, <laughs> Viagra is a beautiful drug. <laughs> yes. Also horniness. <laughs> Just a natural. Now Jay's younger. Okay, where, him, so he where, oh, where are we going to talk about this fucking music playlist? Yeah. Holy shit. So, I cannot share this on Facebook because I have to. I have my mother on Facebook <laughs> and uh, I don't want her to discover about. A the thrill is gone. This is a beautiful the song. And, uh, you know, I was, I remember hearing this song for the first time I was in high school. Like my, my parents listened to like pop music and stuff from like, you know, when I was growing up, like popular radio. So like, I wasn't really exposed to like a lot of blues or classic. And I heard this for the first time. And I remember a biology teacher, Seth Haitian played this song in band. Um, he like put on, put on a tape, like an old cassette tape and played this. And when you hear that first guitar riff, um, oh. man, there's just something so powerful about this song. And so, like, I, I listen to this song all the time. I mean, it's just one of those, this is one of those tracks that just kicks you. And, like, you feel it in your gut. And it's just so beautiful. Are you generally a blues guy, too? I or... love blues. And are you a guitar guy? You like that? I love blues guitar. I mean, there's, there's more blue. Most of this, this playlist is hip hop, but I love blues. Um, it's, it's like a blues, jazz, hip hop. They're all like American music. Right. And mm-hmm. they've been, you know, they have their roots somewhere else, but they're American incarnations of that. And then they've all yeah. spread around the world. So, you know, you could listen to, to blues in any country and it's interpreted by the person playing it and their experiences jazz the uh the previous king of thailand rama nine was was a famous jazz musician very well accomplished uh, saxophonist um so jazz is another one of those beautiful american inventions that is propagated throughout the world and then hip-hop go anywhere in the world that doesn't have their own version of hip-hop i'd be surprised 
Yeah, now, now especially. I mean, even in Southeast Asia, hip hop is becoming big. Buckling like hair. Thailand hip hop is becoming. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Your boys over so, at uh, Titanium. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. This is just so BB King and uh, okay. So if if not okay, other than this track of BB King, is there a favorite? Oh man, so many. He's he's something else, eh? BB yeah. King. Is he still around? No, he passed a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, but this this is the I saw him play live once. I mean, I was nice. It's like one of those performances you just cry. You know, like you're just brought to tears. You cried in the concert? Yeah. Let's talk about this for another hour. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I saw <laughs> Was it because you were molested as a child and BB King looked like that guy? No, man, it's just every strum of his guitar is so powerful right and he just he plays with so much emotion you know and he's probably doing 300 shows a year and he's still putting out like when he was playing he was just phenomenal i remember just like 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 tearing up like just at different songs they're just so beautiful and that's the good thing about uh being an American who lives in America at that time, I suppose. Like, I mean, you, you get, you guys get so much concerts, yeah. you know, like when we get concerts, we get uh, concerts by artists that's not famous anymore. Yeah. And they come and they charge three times the price. Like yeah, guns and roses for $300 a ticket. Ronan Keating after, you know, 1995. Like, yeah. When, you know, and everybody's like, are you going to Ronan Kidding? I'm like, I don't give a fuck about Ronan Kidding. Was it last well, year? 2019, <laughs> it was like Guns N' Roses and it was like $300 a ticket. And everyone's like, are oh, you going to see Guns N' Roses? I'm like, no, I'm like, not people, going to see Guns And they Guns don't even N- know Guns N' Roses. It's just because like that, you know, but like in America, I've heard so many people tell me stories about Erica Badu's concert and stuff. I'd pay a lot to go and see Erica Badu, but, um, you know, we don't get a chance to see it, you know. I think That's the best wanna... thing in America, too, because there's, like, all these club circuits that you can really, you can see an artist in a much more intimate environment. Whereas in Bangkok, like, you're only ever going to big stadium shows. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Even when I lived in Cleveland or when I lived in Boston, right, I could go to, like, a big concert. Like, someone big, like a megastar, like a Lady Gaga, isn't playing mm-hmm. a concert at a club. Right, she's selling out arenas, no matter what. Right, but there's mm. people like depending on the type of music you like, especially blues, or jazz, or hip hop. You can see people in smaller shows at clubs, and it's really a different experience. I mean, I cannot imagine to see BB King live. Like I, I, I've seen the DVDs and I've seen the YouTube clips and stuff, but like probably in person with that audio quality and like seeing oh you were sitting far or close uh so it wasn't a stadium so it was, it was a club like a, a bigger club but I, I wasn't like right up front i was probably 100 feet away but it's a smaller club like yeah i could still see wow. the detail that's on sensational face. that's sensational yeah all Let's right go. okay Let's next up the next one the mask oh. this is mf doom in a Ghostface Killer, when MF Doom was... Is uh, this another call to action to sell more masks, Dana? You (laughs) sneaky bastard. Right uh, on the second track. So Danger Doom is a a duo of MF Doom and DJ Danger Mouse. And on this song is uh, MF Doom and Ghostface Killer. 
And if you look, look it up on YouTube, this is one of the best fan-made videos ever, which is made to this old Mexican series of wrestling luchador movies. Uh, some fan chopped it up. It's, it's amazing. But you know, I'm such a huge MF Doom fan. And this whole, all these Danger Doom projects I really love because Danger Mouse is, like, so incredible. And MF Doom is a lyricist, plus with Ghostface Killer. This is just, it's an incredibly fun song about the sort of the alter ego of your mask in life. And, you know, so much the going on here. Your mask. Such good lyricism. And, you know, the, this whole idea, MF Doom is a villain. We're the dapper villains, you know, that, that in my design studio. Dude, I mean, is, Danger Doom is a fucking cool name. Yeah, well, that's so it's DJ Danger Mouse and MF Doom, right? So Danger Doom, and um, MF Doom's persona is as a villain, and you know, of course, like my my design studio, Super Villain Design Studios, our our project is Dapper Villains, me and Jay, and you know, so so much relates to it here. But this is just a, lyrically such a good song, and Ghostface Killers on it, the beats are amazing, and like I said, that fan video, go look it up. Uh, I'll actually, on the YouTube version of this, I'll throw a link to that video in the description if you're watching this on YouTube. And Amazing. you can check that video out, but so good. Okay. Oh, bro. Cream, baby. This track. Cash rules everything around me. Um, you know, Wu-Tang, obviously, Wu-Tang, it was tough. Like, I, I could have made a whole playlist of just Wu-Tang. And, you know, favorite rap group, uh, it's tough to call them my favorite. They're definitely tied for first place with Public Enemy. But as a as a rap group, like no group has been more influential. And I I, I struggled on what Wu Tang song I was gonna throw in here, but Cream, right? Cash rules everything around me. As you know, someone who grew up essentially, you know, poor lower middle class in like an industrial town in the Northeast to having become an entrepreneur, been successful, going to graduate school, you know, started multiple businesses and shit, you, you know, sound you start, rich. I should be nicer to you. <laughs> you start to <laughs> you're never gonna be nice to me, Jay. So I don't know. What you're <laughs> um, this I should be humping your legs. <laughs> <laughs> if a six thousand bot glass of whiskey didn't do it, I don't know what will <laughs> <laughs> Um, but this song, right? Like you start to appreciate, like when you're a young kid, when I heard this, like, oh yeah, just make money, make money. And like, as you mature and you, you come to realize like this, this song is actually like on so many levels, cash does rule everything around me. And it's not necessarily my cash or me making cash, right? You start to see the implications of, of the economy of economics on society and, and through the lens of Wu-Tang. And, you know, it's one of wow. those songs that just grows with you as a listener, as you grow and you, you start to see it on different levels. Jump around. Oh, this is cool so too. This, this is um, the acoustic version by Everlast uh, put out years, like only a few years ago. Um, so this, there's a reason I picked this song and there's a reason I picked this version. Uh, when I was 19 and 20, I worked nights at a club in downtown Boston as a bouncer with, you know, like on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, go in and 
because it was Boston, because it was the late 90s, early 2000s, Jump Around by House of Pain was always a popular song. And without doubt, like every Saturday night when that song came on, a brawl would break out on the dance floor. Wait, you were a bouncer in a club? Yeah. For like if you years. have never, like, you, no, uh, you know, if you're a viewer of the show, Dana is actually not that big. Dana is actually a midget. And... <laughs> <laughs> so unusual to see a midget bouncer. Yes. Nana's so only unusual. top big, like his legs are tiny. <laughs> I'm all torso. Just little feet, <laughs> no knees. Like the grandpa from King of the Hill. <laughs> okay, so so <laughs> so every... I just wanted to say you're a midget. <laughs> I know. You... He's not. He's a giant. <laughs> Don't eat me, Dana. <laughs> so you are vegetarian, so that would probably make you vegan friendly. I don't know. <laughs> so every no, Saturday, like, so, so is Everlast, uh, Everlast um, famous? Yeah. Like, so Everlast, know. Everlast was the, uh, and Everlast is probably one of the best storytellers in hip hop. Now oh. again. This is the acoustic version. He does a lot more acoustic stuff now, but House of Pain, his original project, was like really kind of like this East Coast Irish Boston anthem is, is what it turned mm -hmm. into. And every Saturday night, and like the, the, the bar I worked at in Boston was in Faneuil Hall, and it was basically just a bunch of townies who would show up. It was called the Purple Shamrock. And, uh, you know, people from, like, the suburbs oh, outside Irish of Boston sounding. would go there and they would drink and get into fights and, like, all these, like, white trash chicks. And it was a good time. But every time Jump Around would come on, the original Jump Around, a fist fight would break out. We'd be throwing dudes out of the club. And Why? Th this song is kind of always – I don't know. It just got people riled up. Plus, they would play – the DJ would play it at, like, 1 a.m. Everyone's drunk. You know, someone wants to throw down for something. So, they, and, you know, bar fights, especially like these types of like sort of towny, like drunken idiot bar fights, no one really gets hit, right? A bunch of punches get thrown and not many connect. And so usually like all the bounces will storm into the, uh, to the dance floor, will grab everyone, throw them out the door. Everyone will calm down. They'll go their separate ways. They're all eating pizza together <laughs> later. But. This song was just, it was a fun song and it was always good. And then Everlast took some time off and then he came out with, uh, you know, Whitey Ford sings the blues and again, which really I think cemented him as one genre bending or genre breaking, but then also is one of the best storytellers in hip hop. And when he re-recorded Jump Around as an acoustic, I mean, I just, it's this calm, mellow version of this song that mm. I associate in my mind with bar fights. So <laughs> I, I just really love it. It's so fun. everything went in a slow-mo for you and like this version became an acoustic version and like yeah. we were seeing punches thrown and you're like, hey. <laughs> hey, buddy, calm down. Let's have a coffee. <laughs> you want some green coffee. tea? Coffee. <laughs> when I, Jib always gives me a hard time about the way I say coffee because I do pronounce, I don't, it sounds like I'm saying C-A-W, coffee. Oh, yeah. Jump around. All right. Jump around. Next acoustic. Oh. All along the watchtower. Um, Jimi Hendrix, obviously amazing American musician, rock legend, guitar legend. But for me, 
um, this this song is like heavily heavily linked to movies to American cinema about the Vietnam War, and yes, you know, a lot of kids my age. I'm, I'm 41, so a lot of people my not kids, but a lot of people my age when they were kids. Uh, a lot of our dads had served in Vietnam, had been drafted into Vietnam, my father included. And uh, my father dealt with a lot of you know, what we would call today PTSD, but you know, a lot of uncomfortable memories from what he did in Vietnam. And he could never listen to this song. And uh-huh. I can remember when I was a kid, you know, I was like a teenager and I, I got into Jimi Hendrix and I would listen to uh, his music in my room. And my, my dad would like, go out of the house when I would play like a, a Hendrix album. I never understood why. And it wasn't until I was like older, like after the dot-com bust, I had ended up, I enlisted in the army. And that was the first time my father shared with me, like some of the things he did in the army. And, and I understood why it tormented him so much when he tells you, you know, the things that he did. And I started to like later in life or like later after that point, you know, you start to really relate, like, oh, he can't listen to this song because the imagery that he that comes back to him from this song is so closely related to, you know, the things that happened to him and the way they've been depicted in movies ever since. You know, if you think about it, it's like this is the one song that always comes up in a Vietnam movie all along the Watchtower. Yes, yes. So, so why is it this song? Is, is the lyrics all about the war? No, so it's not about the lyrics, right? The lyrics are actually about Hinduism, right? So it's about like, uh, you know, there must be some kind of way out of here, said the joker to the thief. This life is but a, nothing but an illusion. There must be some relief, right? It's about this idea of castes and, um, and reincarnation and, and living the life that you're living. It's actually originally a, a Bob Dylan song. And so... You know, when you think about it from the perspective of, you know, why is it related? I just think it was the sound of that era was the protest music. And so the Jimi Hendrix and the juxtaposition of soldiers at war listening to music protesting the war. Wow. Powerful. Ah, Casey Jones, Grateful Dead. When I was 15 the summer between my sophomore and junior year of high school, I worked at a t-shirt printing factory for the summer called Liquid Blue. And they make all of the Grateful Dead shirts. And so all day long, dudes would like, they take breaks, they go outside, smoke pot. They played Grateful Dead music in the, uh, in the shop all day long. And you know, I, I took a job there, literally paid like five US dollars an hour. I was 15. You were the Bangladeshi kid? Yeah. So my job was to stand at the back of the dryer where in liquid blue is like a techno or at the time was technologically amazing from a printing perspective. They could do like 12 color prints on these automated presses and the print, you know, the printer would stand up there. He'd set the shirt. How old up. were you at that time? 15. So my I'm job, learning so much about you from just your playlist. That's so interesting. So my job was to stand at the back of the dryer, the belt dryer. So after the 12 stages, they pull the shirts off and they lay them down flat on the dryer and they'd go through this 400 degree air dryer to cure the ink. And they'd come out the other end and I had to pick them up and fold them and stack them in stacks of 12. And then keep track of how many shirts I had. 
And so they used to play Grateful Dead all day long. It was a cool place to work at. It was hot as hell. I sweated all summer long, but I learned a ton about printing and like design at that job, even though I didn't get to work as a designer. I got to talk to a lot of the designers and start to really understand the process of Mm t-shirt design. Forget what this track sounds like. Is it rock or blues or? It's a little bluesy rock, which is kind of what Grateful Mm -hmm. Dead is. It's like driving that train high on cocaine. Casey Jones, you better Mm -hmm. watch your speed. Um, It's just a great track. It's so catchy. Um, Sorry for those who had to listen to him sing on Spotify. (laughs) I'm sure you have something better to do. Listen, uh, listen to the playlist. It's it's a lot better than uh, me singing. But this we should put up a warning before the podcast that Dana's gonna sing. (laughs) It will never happen again. (laughs) (laughs) But this song just always reminds me of of that summer this song always reminds me of working at liquid blue with just a bunch of like deadhead great guys and you know liquid blue as a company was awesome it'd be hot days they'd they'd bring the ice cream trucks into the parking lot give everyone free ice cream and frozen lemonade you know it was, it was a cool job for the summer and you know nice. i really really enjoyed it and i learned a lot cool. lenny kravitz now Highway. his name is mentioned the second time now in our yeah. podcast So I've seen Lenny Kravitz live twice. Um, Mm. Amazing, amazing live show. Like beyond rock star, the man is a rock god. And yeah, he he, he was a customer of uh, Red Rabbit Trading Co., one of our uh, episodes. The guy just showed up at his house with a giant truck. Pulled the tour bus up, yeah. But this song in particular, there's a lot of Lenny Kravitz songs. This song came out when I was in my 20s. I believe it was 1999. And uh, I was, was, you know, I had my startup, you know, we had sold it. I was working at Cosmo. I was also working at the bar because despite the fact that I was working for a a well-funded startup, I wasn't making a ton of money. So I needed to have two jobs. And, you know, I had left college and there was this, you know, my family was really upset by that. And, but it wasn't for me. And there was something in this song, you know, I want to fly away. I want to get away. And uh, it, it just resonated with me at that moment that I wanted to get away from the preconceived path of my life that like my parents had sort of pushed me into. And I wanted to, you know, do these other things. I want to work at a startup. I want to, you know, explore my own ideas, you know, travel outside the East Coast, which I had never done before. And, you know, this song was one of those things that just really resonated me with me. And I remember when I saw him live, They did a concert in Boston and Government Center. And uh, I remember just this song kind of like washing over me and being like, yes, yes, this is, this is me. This, you know, it's weird to think of like a song that a guy wrote about something completely different, having an impact on your life at a moment in time, but, but it does. And, you know, I think Mm. that's what makes a, a great artist great was, was that sort of resonation that it had with me and uh, it, it influenced me. And I left when Cosmo went under, I was, you know, I upped and moved and left the East coast and did a bunch of other things and somehow ended so up in Thailand. First time you saw him was in Boston. What was the yeah. second time you saw him? Where, where was the second time you saw him? Boston also. So he goes and play. Oh, well, and what's the interval of that? Like how old were you the years. first time? And 
years difference. So the first well, time I saw him, I'll I was living the in Boston. The second time I saw him in Boston, I, I traveled to Boston to see him play there. How old were you when you saw him the first time? 19 or 20. Interesting. Eric oh, and oh, man. Just the start of this track itself. It's like starts with the bass. And yeah. Don't sweat the technique. You know, one of the greatest rap songs ever and one of the, the earliest rap songs to where Rakim was one of the earliest MCs to really set himself apart as a lyricist. And, you know, of course, like, you've got to appreciate that on a lyrical level. But, you know, throughout my whole life, you know, you think about this song, Don't Sweat the Technique, right? And my life is so much about craft and the things that I do and the things that I make. And so for me, it's the technique is, is what's important, right? Like you look at, at something I make and people are like, oh, wow, how'd you do this? How'd you do that? You know, don't sweat the technique. You've got to let it flow. You know, the craft builds over time. And a lot of that, you know, their experience comes through on this. And so for me, this is one of those tracks that's just classic. Eric B. and Rakim is brought up a lot in like anybody's hip hop OG playlist. And Rakeem like, he's like the rappers. Yeah. It's like the rappers rapper kind of deal. Yeah. He's your, rap, rap, he's your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. Yeah. I should I should dig into him. Like I, I've, uh, I'm sure I've listened to some of his songs, but I've never like, you know, I can't recall yeah. right away. Their catalog beyond this song is is pretty amazing. I left my wallet in El Segundo. One of my oh, this song is fun. Yeah, and this is just a great storytelling uh, song. And you know, when mm -hmm. I lived in California, I went to El Segundo specifically because of this song. Like I just wanted to go there to say I've been to El Segundo. I Where was, is that? It's in California. Mm -hmm. But, you know, when uh, one of the things about this, I was in like elementary school when this came out. And, uh, but man, this, this, the music of A Tribe Called Quest, the storytelling, the jazz influence, everything about it is something that just stayed with me through the years. And I think one of the reasons I like I listen to a lot of lo-fi hip hop is because, you know, a tribe called Quest sort of jazz influence really feeds into that. And, you know, throughout my, my life as someone who enjoyed music, listening to hip hop, you know, I always compared a lot of things to a tribe called Quest and sonically they were so mm. different than everything else at the time. Yeah. You know, I was a kid. Yo, like, I, I didn't know you listened to a lot of lo-fi hip hop. So that's what you listen to when you're working on something and like you want to yeah. be able to concentrate at the yeah, same I'll time put some lo-fi on and i'll put my noise canceling headphones on and i'll just work it's like when i'm working on a new prototype or a new design i, I listen to lo-fi interesting interesting all right boom holland wolf smokestack lightning classic uh blues track uh I, I won't sing i think it's raining out um is it i can i think i can hear it here I hear something through my headphones. Well, we're going to be hearing, hearing um, Howling Wolf as well. This is <laughs> Don't play it, Jay. Don't play it. <laughs> um, but this, I love his voice. I love, you know, again, this is one of those, those blues tracks I, I learned uh, through my biology teacher, Seth Asian, in, in high school. Uh, he was also like one of the band, I don't know what you call him. He wasn't 
when I was in band, I played harmonica in the blues band in high school. And uh, Seth you played H- harmonica? Yeah, I played harmonica. Uh, I played harmonica up in, I probably haven't played since like 2010. Dude, then we should do like an ad for my fabrics and like, you know, singing it in the blues. Like, you know, I'm talking about how sad it is for my competition to die because I came in the game <laughs> and you played the harmonica and like. All right, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, right, I'll, I'll brush up on it. it. But That'd be hilarious. I, I this is, again, another song I heard because of uh, Seth Haitian, Mr. Haitian, the uh, band, the band, I don't know, moderator. I don't know what you would call him, but he was a biology teacher. And then after school, he worked with the band. He was a really good guitar player, but, you know, he played a lot. He introduced me to a lot of blues. And this is. Now I, rem- I remember this track now. That's, this track is cool. It's interesting. The, his voice, Holland Wolf's voice just hits me in like that raspy deepness of it. Uh, and like just the, the realism of the song and the storytelling. I really enjoy it. It's a man's oh, okay. world. This a- so this is classic. James- I believe this is a James Brown track, but I put the James Morgan Brown. James version on here from uh, Scott Bradley's Postmortem Jukebox, which is another great uh, YouTube playlist channel like i'll link in the youtube version of this to his channel and to this song specifically morgan james has a a crazy voice it's actually absolutely gorgeous voice but i put this song on here because you know it's a man's world but it'd be nothing without a woman or a girl is the lyrics and for me is very true right jib is very much my partner in everything that i do like me and jib are creative partners you know we're life partners we're you know, we're partners in everything. And like our relationship is very much like a partnership. And it, it, I really believe that her and I being together elevates me creatively, success wise, everything else. And the same is true for her. Like, you know, we, we elevate each other and we push each other. And to me, this, this song epitomizes that type of relationship. Of course, there's, there's a bit of push and pull here. You know, and it's very true. It's a man's world. As, as men, we have privilege that women don't, especially, you know, depending on where you live more so than others. But you know, if you don't have that, for me at least, if I don't have that relationship that I have with Jib, that partnership that I have with Jib, you know, I, I can't see myself being pushed to the limits that I'm at now. And so a lot of my success, I owe to that, that, that uh, give and take that we have. Nice. And Jay's like always single over here. Like, yeah, whatever, bro. <laughs> nice story. <laughs> well, I dedicated to my mother, my <laughs> sister, uh, niece, my my favorite stripper, <laughs> Kathleen. <laughs> this goes out to you, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you still owe me twenty bucks. <laughs> so, uh, Gorilla All Radio. Right, you know, I grew up listening to a lot of uh, Rage Against the Machine. And a few years ago, I discovered this band on YouTube called Brass Against the Machine. And uh, this girl, uh, Sophia Eurista, is the singer you see there in All Black. And mm. she does a lot of the covers with them of Rage songs. And they play this brass ensemble. And it just makes a really sort of fun big band sound. But they somehow capture all the energy of a rage song and her singing is a big part of that 
but it's just a new way to listen to something I'm so familiar with. And so, you know, I just, yeah, I really well, this one on, on a, on a great headphone was fucking yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like, put this on was... with some open backs, like Jay, Jay's big open backs and, uh, yeah. you know, listen to this and just like the, the spatial, the use of space and everything about this song. And just like I said, it's a, it's a new way to enjoy something I've enjoyed for so long. So it sort of breathes life back into the music. And then also, you know, so much of Rage's music was politically charged, right? And keep in mind, like I was listening to Rage Against the Machine in the Clinton administration, right? And they were fired up about stuff that was going on then. And now like Donald Trump is in office and Brass <laughs> Against the Machine is breathing new fire into that music with uh, all the, the, you know, the, the political landscape has shifted so much since the Rage songs came out that, yeah, I just I really really appreciate what they do, and I love their their take on the music and everything that they bring to the table. So great, great band. So check them out if you can for sure. And if you're a fan of Rage, you'll you'll love this. All right, Sabotage by the Beastie Boys. Oh, man, this is this is just one of my favorite songs of all time. I don't really have a story in my life about this, other than that the if there was a soundtrack to my life, the Beastie Boys would feature in it frequently. Um, I mean, this album cover is kind of into, why is it a, a, a food menu on the cover? Is he ordering food? Yeah, so it's ill communication, right? He's ordering food through this old box that you would talk into. Um, he's probably at a drive-in, a drive-up uh, restaurant where they bring the food out to your car and they like stick it on the window. But I'll Doesn't tell you. Doesn't even what, have tacos on it. You said there's tacos? <laughs> Doesn't even have tacos on it. Oh. What kind of restaurant is that? <laughs> I would never put any restaurant menu on a cover without tacos. Without tacos. What the fuck is this? But, you know, Beastie Boys are just, they brought that punk energy to hip hop. And they, they produced some songs that just like really stuck with me. This is also one of the best videos of all time. Like, you know, the, the video for this is like a little movie, but it, and it's fun. It makes fun of how bad it is, which is, which is that, that self-awareness is great. But, you know, the ability to listen to this and just kind of go back in time a little bit in my mind. And then you, know, you think of all the other great tracks that you've listened to with the Beastie Boys over the years. Uh, you know, Intergalactic's one of the ones that really sticks out to me because I was a little bit older when that came out and it had this much more techno sound. But yeah, Sabotage, one of the greatest songs ever. Oh, I oh, heard like yeah. two seconds of this track when Juicy. changing the track. And it starts with like, fuck all your hoes. <laughs> Juicy, right? This is, uh, this is, you know, this is one of those songs. And it was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine, Salt mm. and Pepper, Heavy D up in the limousine. You know, mm. this was before Biggie was sort of, in the persona of hypnotized and he was it, it was such a an introspective track you know talking about the struggle like selling crack to buy food for his daughter you know but he's still selling crack right and you know of course they're calling the cops on you it doesn't matter that you're trying to get food for your daughter and you know going through the struggle of life and then finally making it and you know getting to where he got and, you know, Biggie was a big part of the music I listened to through high school up until he died. You know, I graduated in 97. 
And so, you know, that music, that the whole East Coast thing, and Biggie's flow is just so sick and, and so ridiculous. But, you know, I, I also found... It was, it's also insane how young he was when he died, too, right? Like, I mean, yeah. how influential, how important he became, even when he was alive, like, how important he became while still... Like, how old was he when he died? Like, 25 like, or something? 20s? Yeah, early yeah, 20s. Yeah, it's insane, you know, right? One of the I often argue, like, a lot of people argue, like, Biggie versus Tupac, like, for, like, who was better. Mm. Uh, for me, for me personally, lyric, like, flow, the way they presented the music, Biggie wins. But I think Tupac's collection, right, his collection of music holds up better over time. His catalog holds up better to time. They, they both had a juxtaposition about them with what they rapped about, what they did. But this song, Juicy, about like that come up, like, like coming into your own, being successful, resonated with me at a time when I needed it in high school. And, you know, got me, you know, got me to look at things a little bit differently. And so that, that's why this makes my playlist. It would have been so interesting to see what um, they would be like today you know, like with situations going on, with black people still being treated um, so unfairly. Like we record with this as Minneapolis is burning, you know, following yeah. the uh, following the murder of George Floyd by police in Minneapolis, Minnesota. So yeah, you know, it would like especially Tupac, who was so who was so militant and revolutionary. Like, where would he be at today with with that type of shit? You know, would or would it he have died of police brutality himself? You know, who knows? Mm-hmm. 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 Nobody, Nobody speak. speak. DJ Shadow run the jewels. This song is the only reason this song is on there. This is the most fun. Like just two guys battling. Uh, Killer Mike. You know, <laughs> I'm a bag of dick. Put me to your lips. It's just sometimes I feel like this is how me and you talk to each other. You know, these what? two guys just trashing each other. And again, this is another fantastic video. What do you mean I trash you? I <laughs> have so much respect for you. Fuck you, Dana. Fuck you, you fat <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> you fucking piece of shit, Dana. <laughs> but no, in a you, fun-loving you're, way. You rabbi schmuck. <laughs> Shabbat shalom, motherfucker. Hey, hey where's my curry? It's like, oh, <laughs> it's going to be sent to you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, it's it's such a fun kind of pokey way. And then the video tells a whole different story. This is just a great, fun song. That's all. That's the reason it's on here. For for um, liberal, white liberal audience, um, he was making fun of Curry because I'm Japanese. And... Um, <laughs> Mastermind. Mastermind. Deltron. Deltron 3030. Del the funky homo sapien. Uh, Very so interesting good. album cover again, man. Like, I mean, oh, look at the color. It's, yeah, right? It's so weird. Yeah. It's futuristic, yes, yet it's old looking. I don't know. Is so, 3030 the year? Yeah, so it's a, this is an album that, it's a sci-fi hip-hop album that takes place in the future. Um, so dope. It's so dope. And I oh, and I remember the first time I heard Deltron, uh, Del the Funky Homo Sapien, I was like in 
fifth grade or fourth grade. And uh, he had this song called Mr. Dabalina. It was like, Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina, Mr. Dabalina, Mr. Bob Dabalina. And basically like a diss track talking about someone who's, who's ripped off his style. And I found out years later, I heard him on an interview on NPR that he's the cousin of Ice Cube. And so like he grew <laughs> up around Ice Cube when Ice Cube was already big in NWA. And I mean, you see how talented Ice Cube is. He produces, writes, directs movies, an actor, singer, you know, yeah. co-founder of the big three uh, basketball yeah. league. So, you know, you grew up around that type of talent. And of course he would go into this like crazy, um, you know, sci-fi album that, you know, just talks about all these different social issues, but from a futuristic perspective and mastermind is just, is just this great one about like, you know, like, you know, having these ideas, controlling things, locking it down. Just one of those songs that always resonated with me. Nice. Yeah. So that's, that I'm one did right there is exactly why this song is on this, this list. Again, uh, I owe this one to uh, my biology teacher from high school. Wow. He's me. so important for you. Eh? Like from a blues perspective, like, yeah, like from a blues perspective, like everything you can my, my start you exploring blues started with him you still but, talk to him uh, so we're, we're connected on facebook but like i don't like have conversations with him oh okay um would you want to i mean it, it wouldn't i mean sure but i mean you know he's i think he's probably like 10 years older than me maybe less mm. because i think he was a young teacher when i was in high school but uh you know like he was a cool but, guy uh, he, he, he would play blues or is, is that how did you how did he influence your music? Uh, so, he was so a biology teacher, right? But he also like worked with the band, and I was in band in high school. And we had like mm -hmm. a rock band, a blues band, a jazz band. I was in the blues band, and uh, he worked with us a lot. And he was a guitar player, and he played a lot of blues. And so he would play a lot of blues music for us. And this was one of the ones. And this song is the song where the first time I ever heard that riff. Dun, 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 like that sort of motif. And I'm like, damn, that's just powerful. Right. You know, just today I was listening to Muddy Waters on my vinyl and like, I just bought some new wires and yeah. like the, Oh, like, you know, like how he yeah. does that howling. Yeah. That's like, I mean, that would go two rooms next to mine, you know, like it's, it's insane. And uh, this, again, this like is that's, this is why, your playlist is so fucking audiophile uh, yeah. friendly. It's insane. And like if the previous track, Mastermind, if you listen to all like the techno things in that on a good pair of headphones and you hear like the left and right and how they play with it, the, the stereophonics. But yeah, this one is just, it, it, this is a track that stuck with me just because of that, like that beginning and, oh, and it hits so hard. And then it carries through and that's just, it sets a standard for what you think blue should be. Mm. Green onions, yeah, Booker yeah, T, yeah. and the MG. Yeah. Da, da, da. So this one is the, the same thing, man. It's just that beat that just carries through. And, you know, when they, they do a little key change up in they there. They use this in a lot of things, in a lot of movies. Yeah. In this is just series, a, you, you hear this all the time. This is just a great song to like sip some bourbon and chill out to. The fucking album cover is weird as fuck, though. Like, no, that's just green onions, man. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. 
<laughs> I if I was like album art shopping, like buying vinyls, I would never buy this one. I like throw this away. Like, <laughs> like what? I would is not this? even realize that that's the track that I've been hearing. For, yeah. Booker T. Booker T is like a WWF wrestler. Different Booker T. Different Booker T. Different Booker T. Okay. Not the same guy. Not the same guy. One hot, hot minute. Walkabout. Um, again, so red. I, I had to put some red hot chili peppers on this because, again, like just like the Beastie Boys, Otherwise they are... look like a white, white guy's playlist. What's that? Otherwise, it would not look like a white guy's music exactly. playlist. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, I'm surprised it's not so white, though. I was expecting, like, white, white, you know, like, like with the, the blue edge. Yeah. <laughs> Blues Traveler, Nickelback. Some no, but, fish. like, I've heard you talk, like, you geek out about hip-hop with, with Justin Hunt, and, like, it's not, it's not, like, white people hip-hop level knowledge. Like, it was beyond that. Like, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so Red Hot Chili Papers. Yes. Yeah, so just, walkabout. Yeah, Walkabout. So this one song, is, it was never like a, a hit song, but it's a song that resonated with me, you know, much in the same way that, much in the same way that Fly Away did from, from Lenny Kravitz. And this was, this was a song that came out, I was in high school. And this is probably like their least popular album. This is the album that Dave Navarro was on for guitar. And, um, but this track walkabout kind of had this sort of funky, like George Clinton type of funk, uh, sound to it or feel to it. But the idea of like this Aboriginal type of walkabout concept, it, and I heard this song when I was in high school and, you know, I, I, at the time, like my family was like, they wanted me to go to school and like the same little, I grew up in the smallest state in America, Rhode Island. And they're like, oh, you should go to school at like community college or you should go to like Rhode Island college so you can be close to home. And that's not what I wanted. I didn't want to be around the same things I'd always been around. And so at the time when I was struggling with that, with, you know, should I, I want to go away to college or at least leave where I'm, where I'm living and my family wanted me close by, that, you know, that wasn't for me. And so this song sort of really resonated with me in that regard. Of rebellious in a way to walk too. about find out what it's all about and um mm. and so like that that was a big influence for me to try to get away from home and, and move somewhere else and explore life in other places all right wiley by mega ran so i'm a huge fan of this subgenre of hip-hop called nerdcore and uh mega ran is actually one of the probably one of the best nerdcore rappers at least to me he's one of my favorites nerdcore nerdcore so, so it's rap about like video games sci-fi yeah. fantasy oh that's why this looks like mega man yeah um, so dr wiley's the bad guy from mega man and so this is oh, the song telling the story of dr wiley and how he had a falling out with dr life and it turned him bad because he wanted he wanted to do different things with his inventions um but kind of a side note i used to have a show on the efm network in malaysia when efm first launched i was like the biggest show on their network and i licensed um one of one of uh, mega Rand's songs as the intro to my show called uh, airplane mode 
right? It's about because I had a show about business, and he made this this song about being in business, and sort of had like a Ric Flair persona in the song. And so I was like, I want that. And so I, I hit him up on Twitter. And I was like, I want to license your Ric song. Flair. The woo. Yeah, yeah. So he had like that sort of persona in the in the song. He, he didn't reference Ric Flair, but like you could tell it was that persona. You know, the diamond, the, the limousine driving, private jet flying, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing. You know, like it was that type of persona. So I, I licensed that song for the intro to that show for the theme music. But this has always been one of my favorite songs. And the beat sounds like 1980s Nintendo, you know, music. Mm. And it's, it's this song about the ultimate villain of Mega Man, Dr. Wily, and how he became that. And it's really that, you know, he was just understood. And him and he had a rift between his best friend, Dr. Life, and the things that they wanted to do with their, their work and their inventions. And a fun song, super fun. Mega Ran is amazing, and he puts out some of the best tracks. So I'll, I'll mm. link to his YouTube channel in the description as well, just because he's so dope. The Spark by Jizza. This song, it, everyone knows Jizza from the Wu-Tang Clan. Amazing MC. This song is about the start of the universe. And from what I can tell, he gets the physics right. Like he's rapping about the real physics of the Big Bang. And then I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about this song and say, RZA gets it right. And if Neil deGrasse Tyson says it, I'm inclined to believe it. So <laughs> this song is just like, it is a journey through space and time, lyrically, in a very yeah. brief moment in time. But uh, such an amazing job. And just, it shows the intelligence of Jizza. It shows the versatility of Jizza. And, I mean, it shows why he is the rapper that he is. I mean, and this is a dope album cover too man like i see this in a suit lining right away yeah like i and and this kind of like this it's not even designed to be optical illusion but it gave that yeah for a second when i looked at it very cool very cool this is very white yeah, this is super white uh, song uh, but Thomas this is Benjamin funny Wild this is very Esquire. villainous bro like I give no, I have no more fucks to give. Like this no should be our fucking uh, intro song, bro. Like this is very villainous. And this guy says dapper villains. All over him. We should get we him should on contact the show. Him. We should get him on the show. This track is hilarious. And it's, it's, it's so fucking OG at the same time. So much. He's fun, got a legendary right? beard. Yeah. A banjo ukulele. Actually, he nailed it, Sartorial. Like this dimple, this tie yeah. dimple thing. You know, he got that right. He's wearing a tweed. He's wearing a cufflink. You're not hating on the, the, the notch collar, though, huh? Usually you hate notch collars. I, I don't, I'm not. This looks like a good notch, notch lapel. N not, my, know, not my bullshit polyester notch lapel. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's rocking a pocket square that that complements and doesn't match there anything. You go. Yeah, he's I got mean, all the he has no fucks to give. So fun who functional am I cuffs. He's got real cuffs on that jacket. French cuff shirt. Cuff links. Right, yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Zero fucks given. This is it's just a great song. Check it it's out. Just it's a great it's song. so much fun. It's, yeah. You gotta stop annotating. Yeah. Lupe Fiasco. Kick push. So, and we talked to Justin Hunt the other day. That episode just dropped. And uh, he said this was the song that made him get out of finance. This track, this album, made him get out of finance and move into hip hop journalism. And, you know, but this has just always been one of my favorite songs from Lupe because it captures that it captures that naivete that you have as a kid that you love something so much. You just want to do it. And he just Mm. loves skateboarding so much. That's all he wanted to do. He fell in love with a girl because she skateboarded, you know, and everything around his life was about skateboarding. And so when you're young, you kind of have that ability to, to love one thing so much that you can be passionate about it and focus about it. And, and that's what this song captures, but it also captures these, these moments in life, a little bit of rebellion, right? Like, I'm sorry, guys, there's no skating here. You know, they're, they're, they're going skating places where they shouldn't. They're doing things that they want to do. She's the girly meets, takes them to these secret skate spots. You know, this song is that journey in life. And it, it, but it also, it dives into that passion that we all have for something. And unfortunately, some of us, we lose that passion or we, we move away from that thing we were always so passionate about and mm. others of us that we were, we're lucky enough to pursue it. So it's, a, it's such a great, powerful moving song nice. in the start to a amazing career. Niles Barkley, Niles which is Barkley. DJ Danger Mouse and CeeLo Green. Crazy. Uh, this song is phenomenal. I mean, this, yeah, they did so many good songs together. A while too, yeah. Um, Smiley Face is another great song they did, but Crazy, it's, it's about the moment that you lose your mind and you, the, the feeling of losing control of your thoughts and not, not being grounded in reality. And, you know, this goes back for me. I mean, there's, there's been a few times where, like, I've been so deep in projects, whether it's, you know, working on a PhD or, you know, entrepreneurial projects where you're just so deep into it and that you can't, you can't figure out, all right, where am I reality wise versus what's in my head? Am I still, am I connected to reality? Am I completely off base here? There's all these things that come through and, you know, he, he talks about it like, you know, I think I'm crazy. I'm not going to sing it, but you know, he talks about like going crazy, but enjoying the experience of going crazy. And that's part of diving deep into something is that you're, you do enjoy it so much that you can lose your mind over, over the details. And sometimes you have to be pulled back out of, of that sort of crazy zone. So great song, fun, beautiful music, great voice, amazing song. Classic oh, man, Jadena. You and I talked a lot about Jadena. I mean, I mean, look at you. Can you can be mean when you look this clean? I just posted yeah. this caption. You could be mean when you look this clean um, on my account on Spritzatura Eleganza. Uh, it's it's 
I mean, this track is the most sartorial track uh, yeah. in a while, and it talks about. Well, sorry, you're supposed to tell me this story. <laughs> I just <laughs> everything you're saying is right, and I mean, we'll break down his outfit here in a minute. But oh, we don't even have to, man. I mean, this guy is spot on, man. Like the club collar, the oh, the look, chains, look at that right? It's fucking the pocket amazing. square, the rings. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this this song makes the playlist just because, you know, it, it's such a breath of fresh air in hip hop when I heard this song. Just look at the colors on the album cover here. Mm. That green with the red couch, the blue suit, right? Contrast with his hair color is, you know, oh, man. Yeah. You know, Those guys like look at how his pocket square pulls off the couch. No. Right? Uh. Look at that. Mm. And then you see that little green on the edge of his pocket square that's playing with the wall behind him? This is just one mm. of the most well thought out and planned covers. But this song, like you think about this song, it's just like it's about elegance. It's about a man being a, a classic man, a real man, not, you know, not a snowflake, for lack of a better word. Some people might hate that, but. You know, this is using your dress, your personality, your actions to be a man. And I can't think of any better subject matter for a song. Classic man. Classic man. Great video, too. Right. Jay-Z, The Rock Boys. So, obviously. From a great movie, too. Yeah, great American gangster. Um, but. This video, talking about sartorial, right? They're in that club. Everyone's dressed right. to the nines. I mean, nine. another very sartorial movie. Yeah. But you think about, like, I mean, there's so many songs from Jay-Z's album. Like, I, I wanted to pick 99 Problems, and then I was like, oh, but maybe I'll pick uh, uh, Death of Autotune, uh, DOA. Uh, but, again, I come back to Rock Boys just because this is the Dapper Villains podcast, and you know, also, the rest of the Jay-Z tracks are not on Spotify. It's on Tidal. And... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's that. But, <laughs> you know, the, um, the, the sartorial look. And Jay-Z, we talked about this with Justin. Jay-Z really brought sartorial, especially Spritzatora. Yeah. He's not wearing all three buttons in a suit. Like, yeah. it's like, I mean, like some hip-hop guys do it like way too corny. Like, they were like, oh, look at me making all that money and bling and all that shit. But like, this, like the, the etiquette, the basic rules of wearing yeah. a suit, you don't even know. So one of the things like, I love about Jay-Z is that he, he knows the rules of sartorial dress so well that he can break them effortlessly and yeah. look good doing it. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's not looking like he's trying too hard. He's, he's you know clean it's yeah. no too much not color play and just yeah. it's just straight up spot serious. on spot on all right jurassic oh. five thank you for including this one i fucking love jurassic five what's golden great song charlie tuna's voice is like one of the most powerful voices in hip-hop um i just i just love this song it's fun it's it's beautiful it, it, the voices contrast each other. I love hip hop groups. Um, something special to like Wu Tang, Public Enemy, Jurassic Five, Tribe Called Quest. I love hip hop groups, and so I just I love this track. Beautiful album cover. 
Right. Yeah. Gives that vibe too. Yeah. Okay. Oh, Scarface, the fix Another on my OG. block. You know, you talk. You know, I talked about I Everlast being one of the greatest storytellers in hip hop history, but you know, this song by Scarface by far one of the best stories. Yeah, you hear his block in this track, yeah. like you, you can imagine. I think he, he, there's a music video of this one, but yeah, but just listening to it, you can imagine too. Yeah, like I mean, so it evokes these visuals in your mind that yeah, really yeah. fit, and you know, again, one of the best storytellers in hip hop, and. How can you not love this this track? Mm. All right, Hamilton. So my shot. Uh, I've never seen Hamilton. I've never had the opportunity, but I've listened to the the soundtrack a bunch, uh, especially the remixes, the mixtape here with uh, Black Thought, one of my favorite MCs. Um, you know, Buster Rhymes is on this, but uh, you know, my shot with uh in this song is just about like i'm gonna take my shot right you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take right and so take your shot and i, I just love that sentiment in this song and lin-manuel miranda did such a great job of capturing hip-hop culture american culture and the grind of like life and in, in his music in the mixtapes you know with the roots with black thought everyone who's on here just fantastic and Buster you know rhymes. again you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take and i've always i every that. time i want to test bass when i go to an audio store and stuff mm. buster rhymes is yeah. the one to pull up like it's just that's Ooh-ha. the best right amount Ooh-ha. of bass i got you all in check but yeah this uh this song one my shot you only got one shot great song hamilton great next track i don't care by the roots um the tipping point one of the greatest albums ever made one of the greatest hip-hop albums ever made uh justin has this on his wall you can see it clearly uh when he does his breakdowns beautiful cover just like the contrast and colors the way they mirrored the orange and the skin tone like from a design perspective i love it the first time i heard this song though the first time i heard i don't care was in a a Muay Thai or K1 kickboxing compilation video someone did about Mukau. And so, wow. Yeah. Right. And uh, before I'd ever been to Thailand, I think, and, or maybe I'd been to Thailand once already, but I, I remember just hearing this song and like, I, I recognize thoughts voice right away. So I was like, damn, okay. I've, I know this is a root song. And so I went back and I had heard this, this um, album before. And I was like, damn, how did I not remember this song? And uh, I just, you know, it, this rekindled my love affair with the music of The Roots. But I just remember the first time hearing that song being in, being in this compilation video of Bukau uh, in his K1 career. And man, just, you know, one of those things that stuck with me for years and years. Okay. Back to the beginning, man. That's it. Um. Yeah, I think this. Yeah, because that's definitely not on my radio. playlist. Yeah, that's the radio. So that's my playlist, Jay. What do you think? I think, um, it's it. You know, hearing the story behind it, it it also shows like how much you can learn about a person by kind of uh, listening to the music that he likes or that influences him 
mm. you know, and uh, I think that's very big part of a man, mm. like what he, you know, it's not just how he spends his money, it's not just who he hangs around with, but music tells a lot about the yeah. man, and uh, I, I feel like, um, you know, this is still the very beginning of our podcast, our journey, and uh, I feel like this would, these two episodes would kind of, I hope, would let you guys know more about us yeah. and um, connect with us better and uh, grow with us together, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. I, you know, I'd love to hear from some of the listeners out there. You can, you know, drop us a comment on the YouTube channel or you can shoot us an email, dappervillains at gmail.com. Uh, yeah. Let us know. Let us know uh, what let you us know. listen to. And like, we, we genuinely want to know. Yeah. Like, uh, that would be a great way to discover new tracks. You know, like with Dana's and my bipolar playlist, you probably heard of uh, someone you never heard of before. Yeah. And then that might be your thing. So, and tell us uh, why that song know. resonates with you. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we we, sh we should do this with some of our guests with like maybe five songs or something. Like yeah, that. that would be that would be that'd be cool. We yeah. should have asked Justin. We'll have Justin back on though. Yeah, for sure. He was a dope sure. guest too. That's the homie. So no no doubt. Yeah. Well, anyway, let's wrap up this weekend edition. You know. Yes. We'll be back. We have a uh, two episodes dropping this week. So we're we're moving to a twice a week plus a weekend edition um, format. So you'll get three Dapper Villains episodes, I guess, which will be great Amazing. if you like Dapper Villains. <laughs> you should. Why shouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely you should. Anyway, guys, <laughs> that is all we have. Until next time, stay dapper. Stay dapper. Stay villainous. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>